Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. And I have to laugh every time because Caleb almost introduces Stacking Triggers, a Magic the Gathering podcast, which is our other show. I don't know. I don't think that I really do. I think that there's just naturally little pauses in the cadence of my speaking and like <laughs> you always anticipate it, uh, which is part of the reason I do it. How are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, how, how are you? I'm doing all right. I uh, had my first house guests in my new place this weekend uh, because Nick from Nikolai's Kitchen and his girlfriend, Rebecca, came to visit. So that was nice. I'm happy for you. I'm happy you had guests. And uh, what I'm going to say now is that, Gerald, where where are you? Why aren't you at my house? Gerald? Hmm? What are you doing, Gerald? coming to hang out no piece of shit that's what let i thought let me see your text gerald uh uh how long were they there uh because you had people you you had to usher them out before we recorded stacking triggers yeah <laughs> uh they were just here yesterday so mm-hmm. just for just for the afternoon not bad yeah it's the appropriate amount of time to hang out with people we did a dinner we did a board game was it Outpost 30? What, what is it? Outpost something? Uh, infection at Outpost 31. Yeah, uh, no, it was it was Betrayal at House on the Hill. Ah. Because uh, that is my favorite game. And I wanted to, I guess, introduce the core, co- core concept. Um, but that was fun. Uh, and then we made uh, Indian food for dinner. Nice. I hope it was delicious, and I hope you made uh, only good versions of it. And uh, I don't know. I got pretty tipsy on hard seltzer. I mean, did you have like 90 of them? I think like four. They were like between five and six percent. Yeah, that's about right. A hard seltzer kind of like they're they're figuring it out. They're doing they're doing it. So what did you have? Like, because I've had the Corona version, I've had the Bud Light version, uh, and then there's some other version that I can't remember right now. Uh, I forget the brand, but it's something that the wife brought home that like it was like margarita style seltzer, I guess. I don't know. But okay. they had uh, they had one that was like mango. They had one that was strawberry. They had one that was lime and they had one that was watermelon cucumber that fucking ripped ass. It was so fucking good. All right. I'll have to be on the lookout for that then. Yeah, I told her, like, I didn't know what everybody was going to want, so I just told her to grab a bunch of variety packs of shit, and that's what that's what happened. Yeah. That's why variety packs exist, so people can try shit and then uh, complain about them if they're terrible. Yeah, speaking of, that'll bring us right over to uh, the What's Your Swill segment. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! 
I have got a Great Lakes Brewing Company Dortmunder Gold Lager. Dortmunder? Yeah. What a fucking nerd name. Hmm. Are there no stats? Does this not have alcohol by volume or IBUs? It's 5.8% and 30 IBUs, so it has Mm. the flavor. Uh, I maintain that all Great Lakes varieties taste exactly the same, which is like the Great Lakes. Yeah, they're they're atrocious. There there has not been a single Great Lakes beer that I've been like, ah, yes, I'll I'll get this again, I promise. It's always been like, oh, this kind of sucks. Yeah, it has to be the water that they use. It has to be like they're all bad. And that's the only common denominator. What about you? I have vodka tonic. Uh, I could have grabbed the beer that was in my fridge, but I didn't. So I grabbed the vodka tonic. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. I just want to point out that I did a lot of, uh, well, uh, a lot of yard work this weekend, which uh, constituted mowing the grass and then weed whacking. Uh, which is normally Ashley's job because she works like less than 30 hours a week. So she can afford to take the time out to do the yard work for me. But uh, the other receptionist is it uh, is going to be out with COVID. So now Ashley has to cover for her all of her shifts. So that's like 60 hours that she's going to be working this this week. So I just decided to be nice and do a little bit of yard work. I thought you were going to tell me that she could keep up with all the yard work, but she decided she was just going to be lazy instead. I mean, she's not working today, and I, I haven't seen her move from that couch. Yeah. <laughs> my fingers hurt. Uh, my back does hurt I because of landscaping <laughs> duty. <laughs> it's been a while since I mowed a, a lawn uh, or weed whacked, so... Uh, that, that was kind of painful, but, uh, you know, refreshing as I, I stood outside for two hours doing yard work. Mista, Mista, get me out of here. She actually, so what's funny as you mentioned that is that she texted me and she said, um, I, she was, I think she was there for like six hours already. And she's like, I'm, the, I'm like the Mista Mista lady. And I knew exactly what she meant by her just saying, I'm like the Mista Mista lady. She just wanted out. Also, potentially for me to drop an air conditioning unit on her. Let me out. Let me out. I'm begging for help. I'm screaming for help. Please come burn down the hair salon I work at. (laughs) All right. Uh, With all that stupid shit out of the way, it's time to get into the news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. So following up on a previous interview where he was playing coy about shit, I guess, uh, Noah Schnapp, who plays Will Byers in Stranger Things, uh, weighed in on Will's character arc and uh, also, you know, the Doja Cat drama. He basically said that, yes, Will's gay and he's in love with Mike. uh, And he... It's talking about how the the Duffer brothers are kind of teasing it out over a, a long, long time. And they, you know, are being very obscure with it, I guess. Which, I mean, we've talked about it multiple, multiple, multiple times. Uh, it's the 80s. Will is growing yeah. up. He he does not have to immediately come out as gay. You know, coming out is a process. We've seen it a million times. Everyone settle your shit. 
at this point, I'm just like, do it or don't, you know? Yeah, shit or get off the pot. But uh, <laughs> he did talk about his quote unquote feud with Doja Cat, uh, which basically was just like, yeah, I thought it was funny at the time, but it was probably a dick thing to do. I apologize to her. We're cool now. I don't want her to be mad at me because like, I actually like Doja Cat a lot and see her as a role model, which I think is a fucked up thing to say. Uh, but he's like, you know, everybody blows shit out of proportion when really it was like a footnote on one day of each of our respective lives and like nobody should give a shit. Uh, here's the problem, though. I give a shit because y- you know how Doja Cat could have solved all of her problems? <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how? Give me the playbook. How do you think she could have solved her problems? Go by by getting bonked to horny jail. No, it, it's by fucking DMing Noah Schnapp being like, hey, can you take that down instead of going on Instagram yeah, right. or a fucking TikTok live and be like, fuck this kid. He's a fucking piece of shit. He's a fucking snake. I hate him. Yeah. Or just like. I don't know. Don't fucking slide up in his DMs and be like, hey, I want to fuck your friend. Because <laughs> like. If somebody sent me some shit like that, you bet your fucking ass I would, like, send it to everybody I know. Yeah. Because that shit is hysterical. Yeah. Uh, if you actually read what she said, it's it's fucking hilarious what she says. Like, there's there ain't no way I'm not sharing that with the boys. And by the boys, I mean my millions of followers. Yeah. Sex is a, a beautiful, sacred thing between a man and a woman and all of the man's friends. It's true. Uh, sometimes in more ways than one, if you're a cuckold. All right. Uh, now for, uh, real news. So, uh, Netflix, as you all know, is, uh, introducing an ad supported tier. This is an add on tier. I feel like I have to qualify this every single time because otherwise people freak the fuck out. Hey, as soon as I see an ad on my Netflix, I cancel. Good. I mean, good for you. I'm proud of you. I guess uh, uh, if you're saying that, good for you. Uh, you'll never see an ad on Netflix because it's an opt-in. Uh, they've selected an ad, uh, an ad partner, uh, and this, interestingly enough, it is Microsoft. So, what does this mean? What does an ad partner do? Do they just like manage the ad service for them? Yes, Microsoft bought this ad service called Xander which uh, I never knew existed in the first place until like just when this story hit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't know Microsoft had that, although it makes sense because, you know, a giant tech company that has its tendrils out into uh, other parts of business want to have their own ad service agency. Okay. Um, So now Netflix is like their biggest client outside of Microsoft itself. And that's it. That's all we know so far. But uh, because of that, Netflix's stock prices soared up 8%. Making the uh, the shorts I put on it, uh, you know, not great, Bob. Huh. Well, shit. Look, look at you betting against the home team there. See, here's the thing. On uh, Either way, I win. If I, If I'm right, I get money. If I lose, Netflix uh, sheds the perception of being complete dog shit. 
that some people fucking have for some reason. I don't know. I'd rather have money than pride, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I I'm, I have a, a bunch of money sing, sitting in Google waiting for this stock split, so I don't really care. It's fine. There you go. Stonks. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're, we're, we don't have much clarity on this. Uh, we have the earnings call coming up today, actually, if you're listening to the podcast on release date. Potential disaster awaiting, but I feel like the ad service, the ad partner was announced ahead of time in order to get ahead of that. So that, that way they could talk about it on the earnings call. So that way they're like, hey, even though we lost subs, you know, we have our ad partner as are still coming at the end of the year. We're still we still have our password sharing thing uh, coming at the end of the year as well, even though apparently that's still a mess. Um, so, you know, uh, things are still fine for us. Like, you know, things are down a bit, but we're OK. And we'll, we should rebound come uh, later this year. Sweet. Did they give a final word on what they're doing about password sharing? Uh, they they have. What was it? It was three countries that they were doing something in. And I, I remember the last time we talked about it, like no one knew what was what was happening. Like everyone yeah. was like, I'm just doing the same thing I always did. And I have gotten no warnings. So uh, I don't know if this works or not. And I don't think anybody knows if this works or not. But um, this reminds me. There was another story that I didn't put put in here because it really wasn't that interesting. Because Ted Sarandos was talking to like some French publication and he said something along the lines of um, one sub equals five users. So basically for every account, uh, there's there's five users to that account. So Netflix is potentially losing out on uh, 80% of all available revenue, uh, which they eventually yes. walked back uh, and said it was only uh, three to three and a half users per account. So they're still losing uh, 66% of all available revenue they, they could get. And that adds up to a lot of dollary dues. Uh, but the the big problem with that again is uh, how many people will will ca- will cancel before like when the password sharing crackdown hits, and how many people will not sign up uh, to get their Netflix fix in after that? My yeah. bet is a lot. Well, like I don't know. It's so it's so weird because like people just don't want to pay for. <laughs> shit i guess but like if you can get away with it you know whatever why not yeah. but like uh i don't know it's like people are like oh my god netflix went from ten dollars to twelve dollars and it's like well you're sharing it with three friends so like it's really like three dollars if you're actually splitting it up yeah and i mean espn just raised their prices from like seven bucks a month to i think ten bucks a month which is, and I think this is correct, it's like a 43% increase in price, uh, which still makes the Disney streaming bundle the best value in all of streaming. At $14.99 a month, you get basic Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus. Disney Plus is still like, I think, $7 a month, and Hulu basic is like 7 bucks a month. I think, I think in total, the whole thing is like $25 a month if you bought it a la carte. Uh, but it's, uh, you know ridiculously cheap if not and i can tell you right now it's going to go up they're going to change the price on that after oh yeah uh disney plus raises its prices at the end of this year and if you don't think disney plus isn't raising its prices after at the end of this year please dig your head out of the sand 
businesses exist to make money. You may not like it, but accept it. Now it's time to move on to Caleb's favorite part of the show. It's downstream where we talk about some trailers for projects that are coming to Netflix shortly. Baby, I can't control the internet. So first up, we got the official trailer for Day Shift. Uh, this is a movie where Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg are vampire hunters. Jamie Foxx stars as hardworking blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted daughter, but his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires as part of an international union of vampire hunters. Uh, an L.A. vampire hunter has a week to come up with the cash to pay for his kids tuition and braces trying to make a living these days just might kill him uh dental plan lisa needs braces that was the first thing i thought of uh so thank you this looks like fun i said so after geeked week and yeah i say so now yeah i think it could be good Good job. Unfortunately, this comes out the same week as we would be reviewing uh, The Sandman. So The Sandman takes precedence, of course. Uh, also, yes, for for those of you who are unaware, uh, we did a, a little thing for the live stream for The Cure where I think, what was it? 42069. We had to raise $420.69 during our segment to get my mom on an episode of the podcast. Uh, well, that means that she has to be on for um, Sandman. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> and I want her to hate it so much. Oh, I'm going to be explaining Sandman lore to your mom. I don't want you to explain Sandman lore to my mom. I just want her to sit there and be confused. Can we go back and take the money? From cancer <laughs> research. No, it Shit. has to. It, it, this this is how it has to be. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives just the same. So I hope you're ready. I hope everybody's ready for Linda to be on for the Sandman, which I will uh, have to make her watch. While I'm in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Uh, shit. That's pretty funny. All right, our next trailer is for Fanatico. Uh, Chimera unleashed the madness Lazaro the Rebellion. Uh, the series Fanatico, the new Netflix series about death and resurrection of an urban music star, is coming 29 July. When a trap artist's biggest fan tries to take over his idol's persona, he finds out that being a superstar isn't as easy as it looks. Uh, this is about a musician, quote unquote, because it's trap music, which isn't real music. Uh, he dies, I think, on drugs or doing something stupid. Uh, and somebody who looks like him uh, tries to become him. Like, and they they're like, oh, you're not him. You you're dead. And he's like, am I? And they use it to make lots and lots of money. Mm -hmm. I think it looks interesting. I actually think this looks like a a fascinating idea. Now, it can't go. I don't think this goes more than a season. I feel like this is a limited series, but. 
I don't know. They're probably going to try to stretch it out over a million seasons because uh, they hate us. But yeah, if it if it's a short run thing, I think this could be a fascinating look into um, how a person's psyche changes uh, from, you know, the high of getting famous to the low of being infamous because, you know, people fucking hate you. You have to deal with haters every day. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it could be okay. Uh, next up, we have the trailer for Uncoupled. Newly single, forgot how to mingle. Neil Patrick Harris stars in Uncoupled, premiering July 29th only on Netflix. Stunned when his long-term boyfriend moves out, a New York City real estate broker faces the prospect of starting over and dating again in his 40s. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is back on, you know, in movies. Uh, and for once, he's actually playing a gay man. Yeah. I think it's the big thing is that he's playing a, a gay man because he yeah. is a gay man. Yeah. They should do a Doogie Howser like reboot. Where he's just a normal doctor who is <laughs> yeah. a young boy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that would actually be fantastic. Maybe they just do it in reverse. Like they they try to Benjamin button him. He like tries to go back <laughs> to do all the stuff that he missed when he was a kid because he was busy being a doctor. So it's like, aren't aren't you a little old to be on the swing set? And he just looks directly at the camera and does like a really forlorn like thousand yard stare. And he's like, will I ever be the right age for anything? That's nothing. Uh, the next trailer is for Drifting Home. Uh, it is the third feature-length anime film from Studio Color Colorite Colorido. Yes, it's like color, like yeah, Colorido. I guess I kept wanting to say Colorado, and that's wrong. Uh, they're known for Penguin Highway. Uh, which was nominated for Best Animation at the 42nd Japan Academy Film Prize and A Whisker Away, which uh, I watched and liked a lot. We we watched. That was a thing we did watch for Anime April. Yes, that's true. I did watch it, you know. You you also watched it. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say is there's two of us. This is This is a two-man <laughs> show. I just didn't think it was controversial to say that I watched it. It's not the whole picture. <laughs> uh, shit's getting real political. Uh, sixth graders Kosuke and Natsume grew up in the same apartment building as childhood friends. During summer break, while playing in the apartment building that is set to be demolished, they find themselves caught in a strange phenomenon. All they can see around them is a vast sea. Will Kosuke and the others make it back to their world? A journey of farewells in summer has just begun. Uh, so I don't know. It's like the one part of the house where the house is like drifting through the ocean. Yep. You remember the house? I do. No? Uh, this kind of looks like, you know, Japan flooded. Mm -hmm. So like what the, Oh, Japan uh, sinks, J Japan sinks 2020. 2020 yeah, it, looks yeah. like, it looks like that to a degree. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were, you know, in the same universe, but yeah. Well, I mean, uh, similar to Whisker Away, like it's it's meant to be sort of in the vein of like a Hayao Miyazaki film. Like it's little kid fantasy. Yeah, uh, that is 
both wholesome and emotional. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm guessing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to bet they're dead. They're all dead already. Oh, no. And this is just them traveling around the afterlife. And uh, slowly, one by one, each of them are coming to accept their own death. So it's Rugrats. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'll never stop talking about all the kids on Rugrats being dead. Why would you? I don't know. Uh, Because I'm not like autistically fixated on weird things for no reason. So the next trailer is for Purple Hearts. Uh, This basically is a Lifetime movie. Uh, In spite of their many differences, Cassie, a struggling singer-songwriter, and Luke, a troubled Marine, agree to marry solely for military benefits. But when tragedy strikes, the line between real and pretend begins to blur. Uh, The Purple Hearts soundtrack will be available July 29th. Come Back Home, the original song featured in the trailer and the film, performed and co-written by Sophia Carson, uh, is available now. (laughs) Uh, Sophia Carson is also the person who plays Cassie in the movie. Uh, you can listen to it on uh, https colon slash slash Hollywood Rex dot link to uh, slash purple heart link thing. Uh, an aspiring musician agrees to a marriage of convenience with a soon to deploy Marine, but a tragedy soon turns their fake relationship all too real. Uh, this is definite best of the worst fodder. <laughs> As per usual, I always save the best trailers for last. Yeah, I, I love it. It's the gift that keeps giving. I actually so. Let's assume you gave this premise to like an actual, you know, person who writes movies. I actually think the premise is is solid. Um, however, watching it in practice looks like fucking dog shit. Also, uh, all he does is get like slightly injured to where he has trouble walking. Uh, blow off a limb, you fucking cowards. Yeah. Make make there actually be like real struggles as opposed yeah. to like, hey, this guy just can't walk for a bit. Oh, OK. Yeah. Have have her his face get like horribly burned and then like try to convince me, the viewer, that she loves him. Yeah. Like actually add real, real drama to the thing as opposed to just being like, oh, yeah, he's he's hot and he can he can sort of walk and he'll get better at walking over yeah. time. Uh, you know what this reminds me of? The uh, episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where Dee is messaging with a uh, a military guy who's like coming home, and like they're gonna, you know, go out and date and shit. Uh, but he like gets off the bus and he's in a wheelchair, and <laughs> she pretends to not be <laughs> the fucking person that he was talking to because she doesn't want to date somebody in a wheelchair. Yeah. Then it turns out that he was just in the wheelchair for like a couple days because he twisted his ankle (laughs) and she's trying to like get with him. It reminds me of that. I mean, that's that's a good comparison. Okay, breaking news. Uh, Netflix is uh, thinking about licensing its shows to broadcast networks. Hmm. Well, that's a way for them to make money. 
Yeah, but that that reeks of desperation. Now we're getting the desperate money territory. Huh. Huh. I mean, make hay while the sun's shining, I guess. It's good for networks because they don't have to pay to produce things, and it's good for Netflix because they get paid more for the things they make. Well, Netflix is much cheaper than cable. It is now one of the most expensive mass market streaming services, yes. Making more from its existing customers is getting more important for Netflix, which may have to slow down price increases given the current state of the economy. They already had to do that, but that's... Okay, this is a Bloomberg a Bloomberg article, by the way, the company has debated uh, some other ways to generate additional income, like syndicating its older shows to broadcast broadcast networks around the world and putting its movies in theaters. I mean, we've, we've talked that to death, no final decisions yet, but it's talked about it. And that's the first I'm hearing about this. I don't know if they're syndicating their older shows, then, you know, it's probably not things that they're actively making money and generating subscribers from. So like House like of I could cards. see them yeah like I was gonna say I could see them putting House of Cards up on like FX or whatever the fuck A- probably AMC uh, I see them doing some kind of partnership with AMC which is why I just think they should buy AMC Network yeah I would hate it but that would make sense because they already have a pretty good partnership I mean did they did the the um Breaking Bad movie El Camino for AMC they basically licensed the entire AMC library. Just buy AMC and make that your premier, you know, broadcast channel. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, this is why I think if they're having these kind of discussions, these Q, this Q2 earnings call is going to be a fucking shit show. I and oh, <laughs> oh if they have ne- if they have fucking stranger things breaking these kind of records and it's still going to be a shit show my god yeah yikes all right uh with that let's move on to quick hits talk about some stuff we watched this week all right well we can skip right past me i guess i watched uh like most of the giver and like some some stuff with my wife, but that's it. Oh, I have. Uh, I watched a couple episodes of One Piece. Uh, I finally finished the the what the fuck island is even called? They're on some island. Uh, some butler wants to kill the the person he serves because she has a bunch of money. Uh, he's a former pirate. They beat him and he sails away. That's that's the arc. Usopp has joined the crew. I'm slowly working through One Piece. Uh, by the time I finish uh, the arcs of One Piece that are available on Netflix, um, the, the the new show will be out. The live action show will be out that people are giving uh, exactly zero chance to. Hmm. I can't wait for it to be fine and everybody to complain that uh, somebody tried to do a live action adaptation. What? When will Netflix stop ruining these shows? Uh, it's already happening for you, Yu Yuhaka show. Like they they just put out like test images of like you know the main character as Yusuke. They just put out Karama. We're gonna get Hiei and Kuwabara at some at some point next week. 
and people are like, why do we need this? So I've seen Death Note and Cowboy Bebop. And it's like, all right, well, one of those, sure. But Cowboy Bebop was fine. It's just you had unrealistic ex- expectations that it was going to be exactly what the, the fucking television show you already watched was. Yeah. And you need to stop well, thinking it's going to be that. Death Note was fine. I still maintain that Death Note was fine. Hmm. It's just that it was a different story and they shouldn't have named the characters L and Light. And other than that, it was absolutely fine. Yeah. They they set unrealistic unrealistic expectations based off of character names, which sucks. But hey. You know, just ADR names. Just just fix names in post and then, you know, re-release the, the movie. It'll be fine. Do you see they're doing another uh Death Note thing on Netflix? Yeah, with the duffers. Yeah. I have more faith in that one because it's the Duffers. Well, everybody's going to hate it. Everyone's going to hate it. I mean, people already hate it. They're like, they already did one. Why do they keep trying to make this work? For the same reason Sony keeps making more Spider-Man movies. That's why we, yeah. there's a reason why we're on our third Spider-Man movie of this millennia. Yeah. Our third Spider-Man money. They spent the money on the rights. They want to keep, uh, you know, digging at those rights and they will continue to do so until uh, it's no longer feasible. All right. Uh, Anything else? No, that's it. All right. Well, let's cut into a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about our main topic for the week. Boo, bitch. Get get out the way. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two. Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears, so you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So, join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy, action, mystery, friendship. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main review topic for the week. Boo, bitch. Uh, Boo, bitch is a new TV miniseries on Netflix. It is a comedy, a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, making it 0.4 stars better than Tall Girl. Uh, two senior BFFs make a latch dis... That wasn't pronounced correctly. Last ditch attempt to be seen. But when one of them becomes a ghost... She'll need to li- really live her best life while she can. Dot dot dot. This stars Lana Condor, uh, who you might recognize from her roles as Jubilee in X Men Apocalypse and Teenage Girl on Netflix, uh, and also Zoe Margaret Coletti as Gia, who you might recognize from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I haven't seen that movie, so I would not. I I've never seen her before in my entire life. Yeah, well, eh, it's a good movie. You should check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out at some point. I'm sure. Uh, it's it's a horror movie for kids. That's actually a horror movie. Uh, is she the one that gets like spiders coming out of her face because a spider lays an egg in her face? I think she might be. Because I know that happens. I I did read scary stories to tell in the dark. Uh when I was yeah. reading when, when you were of an age to read scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah. Uh, also when I was, you know, reading more than, you know, just 
playing video games or watching TV. Now I just do that almost exclusively. Oh, I think she was like the main character in that. No, because because she's also in the sequel. Huh? Yeah, she was the one that was actually like reading the notebook of stories. All right. Uh, So what did you think of this mini series, limited series, whatever they call it now? It's fine. It was cute and wholesome. Uh, and also very frustrating because people do a lot of stupid things and make bad decisions. Well, they are children, so yeah. uh, I guess we forgive that to a degree. But uh, Lana Condor's dad is uh, great. The best part of the show. Yeah, it's real funny. Yeah. It's because it, we compared it originally to like Afterlife of the Party or um. And I had another comparison to this fucking thing. Oh, Booksmart. Uh, it's like a, a combination of like Booksmart and Afterlife of the Party where, you know, the whole the whole gist of the, mo- the the show is that, you know, this girl now has to, you know, she she now has nothing to lose. She she's going to die and therefore uh, will now live out her life with you know reckless abandon and just do all the things that she never did uh, as a, a nerdy bookish kid. Yeah. She's going to dance like no one's watching. So for the first, what, five-ish episodes, it is that. And then um, suddenly in the sixth episode, she becomes a fucking monster, mm-hmm. uh, which I hated. I, that That's when I started. Like, I actively hated the show in episodes seven and eight because it's just like, this has gone beyond the pale of what this concept should be. Yeah, it really loses the plot. There's still decent moments, but like, I don't know. I wish that it hadn't had to go so far into teen movie cliche in order to do the story it was trying to do. Also, there's kind of a twist to what's going on here. We won't say it here. It was pretty easy for me to figure out by like the first act of the third episode what was actually happening. So there's that. That's fair. But uh, actually, it it took me quite a while. Like it, 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 once you look back at it, everything made sense. But whenever in the moment, I I did not figure it out. So I don't know. I think like I had one moment of realization and then like it kind of cascaded into a bunch of other like little subtle things they mentioned falling into place. And I was like, oh, this is exactly what's happening. Sure. I I thought that was an interesting idea. Um, I don't want to talk too much more about it because I don't want to keep like potentially cluing people into it because I, I I do recommend the show. But uh, again, like it, it sags like at the end because like, you know, it goes into teen movie cliche, as you said, and then it has to bounce back from that in the final episode. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like it earns it like it, it's just it's too sharp of a turn from where it originally sharply turned and it it just doesn't work. And I get why they do it. It's just it doesn't work. I don't know. My favorite character uh, in the show is like. uh, Besides her dad is like there's the the club at school who are like the kids who are into paranormal shit. And one of them is just like. Into like studying ghosts and stuff, but also is a close up magician. (laughs) 
and he's just the lamest fucking person uh and his existence is comical to me i mean he's a kid so i mean he's already useless as it is uh but we love close-up magicians well like he's he's that kid who like is so like he's so weird and like realizes it and realizes that he's not popular because he's weird but he thinks that like maybe if he can just embrace it hard enough that he'll kind of get there you know right which i respect that kid those kind of kids are like the best where they realize like hey i'm not all it's cracked up to be and that's fine i did some cringy shit when i was in high school and fucking we all you know still it haunts me to this day so right it's it's because of mental illness that's why that's why we still cringe about it to this day yeah i think one of the worst (laughs) things like a memory i wish i could scrub out of my head was like uh i went into a classroom the one day and all the desks were arranged in a circle uh and i was like oh i'm gonna be different and so random so i like went to the center of the circle and sat crisscross applesauce on the floor during class so everybody had to look at me you're a monster (laughs) (laughs) i've shared my dark secret oh i have millions of dark secrets i think i've shared many of them throughout the run length of this entire podcast not this, not this particular episode of the podcast, but the entire podcast. Yeah. I've done a lot of stupid shit. All right. Anything else about Boo Bitch before we get into spoilers? No. Uh, actually, yes. Uh, they, they do this stupid thing. And I don't know if kids actually do it because I'm so fucking out of touch now. But they fucking use the first letter of everything. Like, they, they do these, like, these really long, like, first yeah, letter they things. do, like, like text abbreviations but like they're made up obscure ones that they just are highly situational so it says what they are on the screen yeah like it's like uh you know for instance for us to be like accidentally played mountain on first turn but needed to play planes first turn or and it's like you know am the APM whatever and it's like uh I don't think kids fucking talk like this and I could be wrong but if kids talk like this dear fucking sweet Jesus are we in trouble <laughs> I don't know it was like when you had to interact with Avery oh my god yeah <laughs> yeah I felt so old I think that the title's funny because every time I say it out loud, uh, it makes me think of uh, a woman whose breasts are itchy because of a bad bra, because it's called Boo Bitch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Missed opportunity to not have, you know, Ludacris's uh, move, bitch. Don't know why that wasn't in the show, but also I feel like these kids were way too uh, young and therefore would not appreciate the Luda. Yeah, nobody remembers that. Everybody's too young. They're all too young. All right, uh, so what would you give it? Uh, like two and a half. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it was really leaning towards like that three, three and a half area before 
episodes six and seven and then the weird choices they made for episode eight because of all the choices they had to make in episode six and seven. So, yeah, two and a half, three. Mm -hmm. That's that's the that's the correct range. Yeah. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like... no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could just Son play the bitch, this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, so uh, getting into the actual plot of it. So uh, Lana Condor plays Erica Vu, who is... Uh, Known in her school as Helen Who because of a a bully and like a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, basically, she just tries to stay invisible and under the radar, and you know, is just like altogether forgettable. Uh, so her friend Gia is trying to get her out of her comfort zone, convinces her to go to like the senior party, uh, where like. You know, it turns out that Erica has a personality and people like her. Uh, So they're leaving the party. And then like uh, a fucking car almost runs him over, but ends up hitting a moose. Because I I guess they're in Canada, I think, I guess. I don't know. It would have to be there's a moose. Yeah. And the moose like. Totally fucking bodies this chick and like she's dead near the road. Uh, so she wakes up the next day because she was drunk and doesn't remember anything. And it's like, oh, uh, you're a ghost. Your body's under this moose. So she's like an embodied ghost trying to figure out the shit and like finish her unfinished business and and this, that and the other thing and kiss the boy and get laid and go to prom. And to have yeah. friends and be a social media influencer. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Like the social media influencer thing, I think, happens because of where they go with her whole personality after episode six and seven. Like, I guess they had to. I don't know why they decided to cram that in. That feels like, you know, if you're doing. I, I don't know. I, I That whole storyline just felt so haphazardly thrown in because they do a fucking time skip. Like at the end of episode five to the beginning of episode six, five days have passed. And I feel Mm -hmm. like those five days should be important. Instead, it's just like all of a sudden her and uh, the the fucking villain of the show are now best friends. And uh, she's now become like an Internet sensation, despite the fact that uh, she fucking roasted the 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 bully on the Internet for everyone to see. Well, it's like, you know, the the popularity swings so hard in Erica's favor that, like, the bully has to become friends with her in order to stay relevant, I guess. Which makes sense. Yeah. But also, like, this entire time they're talking about how, like, hey, we should really do something to, you know, preserve your dead body, because if it decomposes, like your ghost form will become disembodied and you won't be able to finish your unfinished business. Uh, And like, they'll talk about it and then three more episodes will happen. And then it's like, Hey, we should go and like pack some ice around your, your dead bloated rotting corpse. Uh, And then they don't. 
Yes. And it, I mean, honestly, it just feels like they forget about that part of the story. Like it's, it's a very important part of the story that, you know, her body remains the way it is. And I guess like they have to just keep putting it off because otherwise the big reveal falls flat. Like, because mm-hmm. like that's the that's what the the show is cruxing on is like the fact that we just see her shoes and we're just like ah yes it's obviously her it it can't possibly yeah. be Gia the good friend who who is underneath the moose yeah I am smelling like a moose that somebody hit me on the road and it killed me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, shit! Uh, how that was ham-fisted as fuck, almost as ham-fisted as the social influencer storyline. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, that's the big reveal: is that uh, Gia's body is the one under the moose, and uh, she put Erica's shoes on her dead body as a ghost to convince Erica that she was the dead one, so that Gia could try to push her out of her comfort zone. Cause she's a good friend. I mean, she is a good friend. Cause like we see before the accident that, you know, she's the one who's pushing. Uh, why? Oh, uh, Oh, why can't I remember her name? I've forgotten her name. Uh, it's Lana Condor, but I can't remember her character's name. Uh, I guess Helen who let's go with that. Uh, it's Helen who Emily. Helen Vu? Who? That's it. Emily, Vu, Emily Vu. Um, no. she pushes Emily out of the way. I think. I don't remember, bro. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm forgetting Erica. The sh- Erica. It's an E. I knew it was an E. Uh, she, she pushes Erica out of the way from the fucking oncoming moose. And like, is always it, it, the entire show, despite that, despite the fact that she is the dead girl is all about her being a good friend to Erica and Erica just letting all the shit go to her head and being like, I'm a fucking piece of shit. Now this is who I've always been It's a deep down piece of shit. But I just never let anybody know that I'm a piece of shit because I refuse to get out of my comfort zone. And now that I'm out of my comfort zone, who gives a fuck? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. The whole the whole thing's so weird. It's like that's such like a massive lie that like after that point when that's revealed. It's like, I don't have anybody in this show that I can root for. Yeah, because ultimately, even though it come, it should be like it, you're seeing it as potentially selfless, like they want the show wants you to say, oh, what a selfless sacrifice that, you know, Gia has made. Uh, ultimately, it, it just winds up being selfish because uh, Gia just wants to get around from doing like she's like I don't want you I don't want you Erica to live through the guilt of like knowing your friend is dead and it's just like oh so you just think she's your entire world or you're her entire world which could be which is true but like you know kids have to go through loss all the time and deal with shit so just let her deal with shit I don't know the way the way that the show gets you there I thought was interesting though because like of the ghost hunter kids that they ask for advice about ghost things. Uh, one of them is actually a medium mm-hmm. and can like speak with spirits and stuff. Uh, but he can only do it when he's drunk. So like 
he's the only character who ever interacts with Gia and only when he's drinking because he also has a drinking problem. Yeah. And that's something that kind of is underexplored, too, is that like you just see him randomly throughout the show, you know, taking shots from his fucking flask. And this is like, oh, in school, in school, like that's that's like I get what you're potentially doing here, but also that's not good. Uh, And that's really weird characterization. And it's like, why would he be that conspicuous? Why wouldn't he just have it in like a Mountain Dew bottle? Yeah. 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 That's what I used to do in college is um, I I used to take like a a 20 ounce thing of like cherry Coke and then pour like a couple shots of uh, coconut rum in it and just walk around drinking that in the dorm room. Neat. You wanted stories. All right. You specifically (laughs) said I want stories. I give you a story. and You're just like, okay. Fuck you. You know what? Fuck this show. I'm done. All right. Goodbye. Oh, no, I'm back. Uh, I can't quit. <laughs> what's the <laughs> oh, what's that fucking meme post where it's like uh, attempting to quit? It's like, I can't quit you. Ba- quitting at like 99 percent uh, cancel. No, I can't quit you, baby. It's something like that. Uh, it's a fun like copy pasta, I think. All right. You need to get on the copy pasta parade. No idea what you're talking about. So like, yeah. Um. So then the, the like the finale shit happens like she becomes like popular and then is like, oh, uh, Gia's thing is to, that she has to go to prom or like the, the final thing Gia has to do is go to fucking prom and I want to cancel prom for some fucking reason. And so she cancels prom, but then almost immediately uh, gets canceled for canceling prom. Because. Because. Yeah things also she talks to buzzfeed and buzzfeed buzzfeed is like hey send us your fucking uh prom dress you in a prom dress and it's like a normal human being is like why would i do that if i'm trying to cancel prom why would i post a picture of myself in a prom dress and then uh after all that shit happens you know she's like oh gia was a great friend gia's a great friend uh i need to honor gia and she does like this 11th hour like uh you know, hey, this prom's really for Gia. Let's all like posthumously award Gia the fucking homecoming que- or prom queen crown. And then Gia dies and her spirit goes to heaven and everyone fucking watches her fucking pass on. This is like, okay. It's dumb. And now she's at the party and everybody loves her. And it's like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah, it's so, dumb. So maybe teenage kids are really that dumb and easily swayable, but. It, it it felt uh, completely rushed and totally unearned. Yes. I'm glad you agree. Uh, anything else you want to say about uh, Boo Bitch? Okay. Uh, so that'll move us over to a Patreon request review from our, our good friend Gerald of Two Peas on a Podcast uh, for Last Action Hero. Well, fine, if you don't want my money. You mean... If we watched terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the Patreon review segment. Last Action Hero is a 1993 action-adventure comedy film. It's a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, uh, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
With the help of a magic ticket, a young movie fan is transported into the fictional world of his favorite action movie character. Uh, this is directed by John McTiernan. Uh, stars Arnold Schwarzenegger, F. Murray Abraham, and Art Carney. Those are names. Yeah. Uh, Charles Dance, also. Chucky Dance. He's, yeah. Robert Prosky, he's a, a guy who's in things, who's recognizable. What, uh, all, what the fuck am I thinking of him? Things. What am I thinking of him from? I'll tell you who, who you are forgetting. You're forgetting that Veronica Vaughn. What a hot piece that of ice. Veronica Vaughn. Oh, uh, I was thinking of Robert Prosky from Mrs. Doubtfire. He's like the mm. TV station manager or whatever the fuck. Sure. Yeah. Chevy Chase is in here. Jim Belushi yeah, is in here. Yeah, the quick cameo. Oh, there's a, there's a bunch of quick yeah. cameos, too. Yeah, it's a movie it's about movies, so there's movie people in it. Yeah. Sir Ian McKellen uh, shows up as death because they, like, briefly pass through the movie The Seventh Seal, uh, which is a thing. Yeah. Which was like, I, I like seeing Ian McKellen. I like seeing him getting a speaking role, but also it was one of those things where it's like the kid seemingly knew about the movie, The Seventh Seal. And I just went, there's no fucking way this fucking 13 year old kid knows what The Seventh Seal is. <laughs> I don't know. We established that like the only thing he does is watch movies. I mean, yeah, but he also says he watches like a bunch of Jack Slater movies like a million times. So. Mm-hmm. It, fe- it to me, it just feels like that's all he does is just watch Jack Slater movies. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, Jack Slater in the universe uh, within the universe of this movie is like, uh, you know, the action movie hero who like he's basically like lethal weapon. Like he's mm-hmm. just a, a renegade cop who does shit his own way uh, and doesn't need to fucking listen to the chief because he's uh, uh damn it you're a loose cannon jack slater yeah uh he's uh you know the the 90s version of space cop yeah in fact uh, i feel like space cop is highly influenced by this movie yeah probably what else the the bad guy has a glass eye that he switches to different glass eyes for each scene that like hints at his mood like he's got one that's got a fucking smiley face on it that's kind of funny yeah a reptile eye an eight ball uh a bullseye at one point yeah uh also like the the bad guy is uh, tywin lannister from game of thrones so there's that yeah uh, I don't know. A lot of a lot of funny, dumb stuff happens like movie things like uh, I don't know, like inside the movie, like the kids trying to convince Arnold Schwarzenegger that like, no, you're you're a movie character played by a guy named Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, let's go to the let's go to a video store and I'll show you. Uh, so they do. And like in the world of the movie, there's like a cardboard standee for uh, Terminator starring Sylvester Stallone, which is a great joke. And I laughed out loud very hard (laughs) because I think this is when uh, they still hated each other. So, 
Well, because I I had to look it up because uh, because of that. But it, this was around the time of uh, stop or my mom will shoot. Yeah. And like Stallone had to agree for them to use his likeness. Yeah, which is fantastic. And I was because I was also thinking like John McTiernan, of course, like deconstructing his own movies because you know Predator, Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like he he had done several action movies up to this point, so he's like deconstructing the genre that he is like the quote unquote master of at this time. Mm-hmm. So, and but like none of them were with Sylvester Stallone, so it's not like he ever like worked with Stallone. So I'm wondering how that got fucking done because that's crazy. Because otherwise, the Terminator would have to be like Bruce Willis, I guess. Yeah. Uh, also, other other cameos include uh, from the police station scene. We had Robert Patrick uh, as a cop posing, uh, who, the Terminator posing as a cop. We had uh, Sharon Stone as Catherine Trammell. And then we had uh, Marty McFly uh, himself, Michael J. Fox. Do you remember them? Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to remember, like, some other movie gags and stuff that they did. I mean, they had the the exploding fat fart corpse guy. Who uh, they they were swinging around on a crane for about fifteen minutes. Yeah, because he he was like a gangster or something that like they were trying to do a hit, so they like put a bomb in his body so that it would go off during his funeral, uh, and they figured it out and like were attempting to foil the plot. So the, like there's this just like comedy of errors of them like swinging around on a crane with the body, and then like they finally throw the fucking body like they're above like it's in Hollywood. So like mm-hmm. there's part of like the Libre tar pits or whatever the fuck. So like they fall off the crane into the tar pits and then like the bomb explodes, but it just makes a giant fart bubble in it. Like dumb shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. There's, there's other like specific lethal weapon references where like, uh, you know, there's Jack Slater's doing like, uh, you know, investigating a crime scene. It's like the criminals at the house and the house blows up or whatever the fuck. Or yeah, I think that's what it is. Like the house is just booby trapped. So he's like, there's a bomb, get out. You know, that famous Arnold Schwarzenegger line. Uh, And like a couple other cops are caught in the blast. And then there's uh, the, the older african-american cop just like lifts his head up and he's like two days to retirement and then they play like a little saxophone (laughs) stinger and he lays his head back down yeah well the funny part about that is the kid's like oh the the explosion happens and the kid's like well that's probably minor bruising but the cops are dead and the fucking cops are dead you look at the and you look at the explosion and the the cop car that was there gets fucking flung back at least 50 feet and it's just like how is schwarzenegger just not dead (laughs) uh it's movie magic oh i mean of course but it's you look at it it's just fucking hysterical to look at uh something you forgot about from the funeral scene is whenever arnold shows up and then everyone recognizes him because he's trying to take away the body every everyone and I mean, everyone pulls out a fucking machine gun and starts shooting at him and misses wildly. It is, it is like something out of like le- uh, the fucking naked gun. Yeah. Uh, I think my favorite bit of dialogue from the movie is like between Danny and Jack Slater 
Danny's like, you think you're funny, don't you? And Jack goes, I know I am. I'm the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. And he goes, Schwarzenegger. And Jack goes, Gesundheit. It's pretty, it is pretty fantastic. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I do have to say my big negative about the movie. Uh, it's too long. It's two hours and 15 minutes. And I get what they're doing. They're, they're, they have to tell the shell of the story as well as also do the entire action movie within the shell. But um, that shouldn't be two hours and 15 minutes. That should be closer to under like an hour and 50 minutes, you know? Yeah. And they, they spend because like the final act is all within the real world. And we have Arnold Schwarzenegger tack, ta- tackling uh, John Slater, who is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was fantastic. And also when they're walking side by side uh, with each other, the best effect shot of the entire movie. <laughs> because it actually looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger was walking with. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was fantastic. So good job there, everybody. You spent all your money on that and also uh, massive explosions that should kill anybody. Yeah. I think that uh, also I would have to check the timeline, but I think that this was around the time that Arnold Schwarzenegger was going through a divorce. There's another like line of dialogue in the movie where Danny's like, I thought I was going to die. And Jack Slater's like, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but you're going to have to live to enjoy all of the glorious fruits life has to offer. Acne, shaving, premature ejaculation, and your first divorce. Um, so I just looked it up. He's been married to Maria Shriver since 1986. Yeah. Or, well, 1986 to 2021, when, uh, of course, he got divorced from her because he had an illegitimate son with his house cleaner. That's right. I remember that. And that was all we had to focus on that week because it was in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. I think uh, this movie was a big flop, actually. I think a lot of people didn't realize, like, it was before YouTube existed and, like, you know, it wasn't guaranteed that people would see movie trailers. I think a lot of people went to see this movie thinking that it was going to be, like, a serious action movie because, like, Schwarzenegger's up on the marquee and everything. Right. Uh, And they were just like, what the fuck is this? We don't want Arnold Schwarzenegger in a comedy. Little did they know. Coming three years later, jingle all the way. Masterpiece. But no, like Schwarzenegger always wanted to get into more comedic roles and stuff. Like, right. He did stuff like Kindergarten Cop and Twins and shit like that. Junior. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I like this movie. Yeah, it's it's good fun. I don't think I'll I, I like it enough, but I w- don't think I'll ever watch it again. I could go the rest of my life without seeing this, but yeah, yeah, wouldn't affect me any, but. Yeah, uh, solid movie. Just, you know, I, I think if you trim off about 15 minutes, I'm a happy camper. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you rate it? Uh, well, we'll go three. It's a solid three. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say three and a half. All right, that's fair. We're allowed to be different. I mean, uh, please refer to Man vs. B to see our most different. <laughs>
You fucking psychopath. All right. Uh, next week on the show, we will be reviewing the new Netflix uh, big blockbuster movie of the year, The Gray Man. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I have already seen this movie because it came to theaters. You haven't seen this movie. I haven't because I don't do things outside of the house. That's And I don't blame you. The outside is horrific. But uh, yeah, that's that's the big thing to look forward to next week. Uh, mark it on your calendars. Uh, it comes out this Friday. This Friday being the 22nd. So get, uh, watch it, I think. I don't know. It's getting mixed reviews. I'm sure people are going to watch it and fucking hate it. So uh, that's exactly what Netflix doesn't need. And then we have a dick pick. And I've already chosen a word and a movie. So my word is flex. And don't worry, Caleb, I've written it down. So that way I don't forget it for next week. In typical Dan fashion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I have chosen the children's movie. Chicken hair and the hamster of darkness. What the fuck is this? I've never heard of it. But it's there. So. All right. Chicken hair and the hamster of darkness is a 2022 children's movie. Uh, A brave young animal explorer teams up with two trusty friends to find a powerful artifact before his greedy uncle can get his paws on it. Okay. This is directed by Benjamin Musquette and Ben Stassen. Stars Jordan Tartakow, Joe Ackman, Layla Berzins, and Danny Fessenfeld. And it's based on a book. Rating TVYA for fear, fantasy violence, suitable for ages seven and up. Okay, so I'm, I did search for Flex on Netflix to see what your results were here. Uh, and you could have had us watch Man vs. B again. See, but I would rather just kill myself. <laughs> uh, currently, it sits at a 6.3 on IMDb. So, you know. It could be worse. We could be watching... I don't know. I, I guess Android Cop. Could have watched Power Rangers Super Ninja Steel. Yeah, yeah, but no. I don't want that. I never want that. I don't want to watch a Power Ranger thing ever again. Uh, and to continue the streak of me talking, uh, you can find the show at NetflixandSwill.com. If you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill, uh, check out our social media pages, our merch page, and our Patreon page. Uh, both of the last parts where you can contribute to us monetarily and potentially make us do things if you give us money. Yeah, that's true. Uh, thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter. Which is how Caleb is going to feel after watching Chicken Hair and the Hamster of Darkness. Yeah, sounds like a real cool thing. Uh, I can't wait. Uh, and until next week, this is Caleb saying, we'll see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. 
If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swole family.